Hello, this is Melina Williams. You're listening to the Massocast. It is, of course, 18 and over. So get your lube out and get ready to party. You did take your pants off? I took my pants off. <laughs> I mean, I still have small, short pants on. Like, you know, right. I have my under, underneath, underneath pants on. Uh, underneath pants? You mean underpants? The pants that you wear under pants, like, you know, there's pants and then there's the pants that you wear under your pants. Underpants. So we usually, most people, you know, this is my expert opinion is, and also my understanding as an expert that most people wear two pairs of pants, pants and underpants. Right. But you said that the underneath pants. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, First of all, um, I, I, I'm uh, people listening. It's been a long time since they've heard your voice. I haven't done a lot of interviews lately, so that's one thing. But also, you haven't been on the podcast in a long time. Um, but you and I, we speak almost every week. We keep in contact, mostly because you call and asking me for advice on your life. Yes. And yeah, you're so <laughs> thank you. Also. Um. And especially during COVID, we've we've been able to keep up to we we, uh, we uh, uh, which is which is great. It's really great to be able to, to keep in touch like that, um, because I have a lot of close friends. I don't know if you found this during during COVID that um, a lot of friends that you might see under you know in the before times you'd see them quite often, but you just haven't spoken to them in a long time because of distance, right? It's like you you almost never communicate with them via text or via phone, and so you're not used to. And so that way you're like, Jesus, I haven't talked to this person in ages. And it's just because normally I'm seeing them is when I'm talking to them. Um, have you found that to be true as well? Oh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I haven't I haven't actually thought about specifically, the, but it's definitely something that I've experienced. And I don't I don't know, like, you know, we different friends have different like we want to see some people in person and maybe we don't feel like talking on them. I don't know about you, but like I actually have not been a person historically that I, I don't really enjoy talking on the phone that much. So I mm-hmm. think that's changed a lot. Well, I'm seeing people more on FaceTime uh, and Zoom, but I never really in the past wanted to do FaceTime ever, you know, and so this is a really new thing. So I think there's there's a lot of different uh new you know new ways of communicating but yeah there's a lot of people that i would see much more frequently that i haven't haven't seen and like maybe we'll text but not really talk to or seen yeah it's it's just it's really i'm you know i'm just going to come out and say it i think the pandemic is bad Uh, i'm just going to come out and say it well i I think pandemics are that's listen that's a popular opinion and i I don't i'm not alone i don't think you're I think if you did a survey, um, but a lot of a lot of stuff has happened just in your life, generally speaking, outside of that since the last time you were on the podcast. Um, namely, you switch careers, mm-hmm. and you're That's now a, uh, a you're you're now a therapist. You're a, primarily. Do you call yourself a sex therapist or just therapist, or what? Do you, how do you? Yeah. Do you, well, it depends who's asking. <laughs> Uh, it really does but so I'm a certified sex therapist but before that I was you know I became a licensed you know psychotherapist 
which the type of sex therapy certification that I have, which is through ASECT, which is a particular governing body of, you know, sex therapists, they require you to have a, a license, you know, to be a licensed psychotherapist already. Right. So I was that first. And then I got this additional certification because I want, you know, I'm collect, I'm out there collecting letters, right? But I um, have collected all the ones that I want. So I'm good. But, but yeah, I, so be, right, I, I'm a ther. I like identify, you know, in my work now as a therapist, uh, but I do, I am a sex therapist also. And the, uh, uh, I, I think how it probably went is, is you, you said to yourself, I'm telling people all the time what they're doing wrong. Uh, why don't I get paid for it? And so, well, I mean, I was getting paid for it before too, <laughs> but, um, but you seem to really, you seem to really dig it. I mean, it seems to be something that you've yeah. really, uh, you've been doing it for a couple of years now, more than a couple of years now. Um, technically six years. I was just I talking think, to somebody. I think, uh, I think you're considered a thought leader now. Oh, well, I don't know about that, but, um, I, I think I would. Just because you, you you have events for other people who are in the the industry, you are you seem you really have taken the bull by the horns on this thing, and 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 it's really it's really great to see you because you seem you seem really passionate about it as well, and um, you know you you know you I don't I'm sure you have friends who are doing a job that they don't really like they're just kind of doing it for whatever, and it definitely seems like something you you sincerely enjoy doing. Um, yeah. But but what was interesting too is that you are not hiding your past work as a pro dom. You're you know you're not, you're also not you're not saying former pro dom. You're you're also you know it's not like it's not it doesn't say sex therapist slash former pro dom. But you're also not hiding it either. Um, right. So what was that? Because you know that's a, that's a unique decision to make. What, why did you say you know what fuck it? I'm just gonna. I'm just going to be open about it. So, you know, of course it is a decision, but it was always what I knew I wanted to do. I've always, my preference just from the first time that I have been open about who I am, it's been my preference to be open about who I am and what I'm doing. And I don't want to have to hide like my, I've been in relationships where I've been, you know, dating people or had partners that were closeted and when I wasn't, and that's been so uncomfortable for me. And I do understand why people are closeted. The majority of people in, who are, um, have a reason to be closeted are, you know, unfortunately. Right. But for me, I haven't had the kind of constraints that other people have. I'm, I have certain I'm lucky in certain ways uh, where I don't have things holding me back from being out. I was in school for, you know, I was, I was in school and getting ready to be a therapist. And when I was in school, I was still being a sex worker. I was still, you know, I was still a pro dom and which is a, you know, actually a super common thing. Like if we, I just wish we could know, but there's no way to actually know how many people in school in, in grad, you know, undergrad or grad school or sex workers, like it's, mm -hmm. you know, I, 
there's no way to know because people just aren't disclosing. But anyway, I was in right. school and I was getting ready to be a therapist and I knew that I was going to be out, but it was really hard. Like I really struggled. I, I had, I was so, I was under, I was so stressed out about it. I was, you know, really worried about it. I was really worried that I would get some kind of backlash. Like I would not be taken seriously. You know, there was all this stuff going on that I was worried about, but but it was never a question of would I or would I not. It was always like, I know I'm going to be out. It's just, you know, what will happen? So I, you know, I talked to, I reached out to some people in the field and I really, what I did was I kind of gathered, you know, I, I gathered support with, uh, you know, people that were in the field already working and to, to kind of have my back. Like I reached out to people and I did some networking and, and it never happened, you know, the, the bad thing never happened that I was worried about, but, you know, and in fact, the opposite happened where, because I was so vocal and so out and just being who I am and saying, not, not feeling bad about it at all, that people started asking me advice. They recognized that as a form of expertise, as a kind of expertise, which it is, of course. And so I was getting, you know, having people in the field, other therapists who didn't have that expertise and the, in the sex, you know, having been a sex worker asking me for input or sending clients to me maybe, or, you know, I was getting recognition for it. So pretty quickly after transitioning my job, I started to feel much better about it, but it, for that, that transition period was really difficult. So challenging. I was I was just felt so stressed out. I, it was very hard. Like, you know, I had a lot of, it just was very, like it really affected my mood and, you know, for a while, for several months. Well, it's interesting because I mean, and obviously this is coming from, you know, you're a friend. So obviously for me, it's, 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 I, I view you in a different way than I'm sure people who don't know you view you, but I, it's difficult for me to imagine anyone not taking you seriously. And oh, it's not, and I, I mean that not in that, not that the opposite would be, oh, she's such a silly goose, that Alex. Uh, but you know what I'm saying is that you are, you're not a, you're, you're not a chump is what I'm saying. You're not a chump. Right. Um, but, but that's interesting. And, and, and the fact that it's been a, a huge you, it's been a positive for you, uh, is must've been a massive relief. It was a huge relief. Yeah. And it, it, luckily it, it came pretty quickly because, you know, I never once had anyone question my, you know, just, you know, my expertise really. Uh, and that's what I was worried about, which I think a lot of people who are, you know, a lot of people in marginalized communities, but if you're a sex worker or other, other kind of marginalized community, it's imposter syndrome is very common. And, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people, uh, feel that way that I've spoken to. And I... Do you, do you find that, oh, I'm sure that I'm sure I know the answer before I'm asking it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. It's like, so if you have clients who are sex workers, um, I imagine that's that's a, a huge relief. Like I've gone to therapists before when they had no no knowledge of kink and I just spent most of the time educating, right? Um, 
and only educating on the stuff when I think I, I would have the minimal judgment over, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so you would you would not tell them everything because just because the whole time would just be trying to you know I'd be getting out with a an appendix of you know definitions and shit. So the fact that you have this experience, they don't have to explain most of that stuff, and you can hit the ground running. Yeah, and that's what's that's what a lot of people have come to me, and that also made me feel a lot better. I was just getting a lot of people coming to me for therapy that they were telling me immediately, listen, the reason I'm coming to you is because I feel comfortable with you because you have had this, you're open about having had this experience. So right. I know how valuable that is. And also I've had the same experience with myself, you know, myself and with therapists in the past of having to educate them and, you know, or having been pathologized in some way, you know? And so, yeah, it's, uh, and New York City is sort of a, it's probably, I mean, I, I'm sure there are other, other places where this would, your, your, someone with your experience would be, would fit right in as well. But New York City, especially, I think is, is like a perfect place for you to be for this, right? Because, uh, um, there's still a very active kink scene here, at least pre COVID there was, there's, uh, you know, um, certainly a, a lot of people with uh, with a lot of stress that need therapy so um i remember maybe maybe it was just a fleeting thing for a brief moment i remember you were you were thinking of moving to another town you were you were briefly discussing moving to another town um maybe it was okay, just a fleeting i can't even yeah i can't even remember that so but I, 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 maybe it was just a fleeting thing. Maybe it was because you were bored of our conversation and you were just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. What time is it? Time to just get out of town. <laughs> you were just yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking I'm moving. <laughs> nah, I love New I'm York City. Right. But New York so City. They, no, it does. It's like, it's so diverse here. And there are, I, there are a lot of kinky people in New York and, you know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of nightlife, but it's interesting. There's still, you know, there's still a, the majority of people are still here you know, um, not as active and like people are, there's still the kink, you know, the kink community is still here. Yeah. But I mean, and I don't know, I'm sure this is going to start happening again soon, but you know, uh, I, I know from reading other blogs and just, you know, people in general that, you know, if you are kink or poly or something, uh, that, that whole, that is completely, derailed right i mean you're not going out to play parties you're not going out on you know if you're looking for other partners it's really dramatically slowed down so i wonder if um i wonder if covid maybe you already know the answer maybe if covid has allowed people to or forced people to pause and maybe think a little bit more rather than jumping into things um um, so they can maybe think a little bit more about you know what they're looking for so maybe like if tomorrow we, st- you know, if we snapped a finger and COVID was gone, if people are, would be like, oh, you know, uh, in the before times I would have gone out with this person, but now I not, I won't or vice versa, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I have a couple different thoughts about that. The first thought I have is that we're talking about people who always wanted to go out to parties and wanted to meet, meet people and be social. And so we're, you know, though that's a specific kind of a person who wants to do that. Somebody who is, you know, wants to be more public or want is more extroverted, even if they're still private and, 
and not out about it. Like they still want to go out and meet people. They still want to go to parties, but there's, there's a huge part of the community, which, you know, and maybe they don't even identify with being part of the community, but there's a huge, you know, faction of people who, who are kinky, who never wanted to go out in the first place, who just wanted to stay home and find partner or partners to play with in private. And for them, I'm not so sure, you know, certainly the process is, I think for most people slowed down because of the additional conversations that need to be had. But the thing about being in the kink community or in the poly or non-monogamous community is people are used to having these kind of conversations anyway, negotiation and talking about shared interests. And so there's another conversation now, which is what are your safety practices around COVID, but that is now just going along with conversations people have already had. So for a lot, my point being that for a lot of people that don't care about parties, then they don't care about parties. Like those parties aren't happening and they don't care. Right. So you and I, I think you and I like to go to things. Uh, I haven't been going as much now that my job has changed. Uh, It's for one, I am working more hours in the week, so I don't have as much time, but also you know, I'm changing the way I'm interacting in public, even though I'm still who I am in public, but, but, you know, whatever. So for, but up there are, there are like a ton of people that don't, and we don't see them because they're not out, you know, they're not out in public, but so we, it's easy to forget that there are people like that because we, they don't go out and we don't see them, but it's important to remember that for a lot of people that they don't, that's not a, they don't care about parties, you know? That's interesting. I mean, because I mean, obviously, I knew that there were uh, there was a good chunk of people who never wanted to go to an event or something like that. But for me, maybe the reason maybe this maybe I'm answering my own question here. But um, for me, I found going to parties was uh, made it much easier to meet people, even though there was a ton of people on the Internet that I could message and, you know, chat with. um, It was so much easier because it's difficult to to be online and, and say, Look, my photos might look goofy, but if you saw me in person, I swear to God, the fact that I have cool friends that would validate me. But you can't see my cool friends on, you know, you know, because there were there were plenty of times when when I would if I went to an event alone, and I'd be like, okay, maybe because it's just the nature of being alone and awkward. But um, but there were plenty of times I'd go to a party and I'm like, oh look, that person's talking to Alex or talking to Veronica or talking to whatever that. They're like, oh, it must not be a complete asshole if these people are friends with them, right? right. Um, so it's sort of a filtering thing. And um, also, I would hold up a sign that says, uh, that would say, you know, hey, th- these people do not think I'm an asshole. These are my references. Yeah, just right. these, you hold up your kink CV and then you're all good. Right. Um, no, but I mean, and the other part of, of what we were talking about is the fact that things have to slow down. And so there's, there has to be a lot more conversation and that's just a, across the board. Like, well, I don't want to say across the board because there are certainly people who are out there s- swiping in whatever direction on Tinder and just hooking up. There's still, there are always going to be people who uh, have a much higher risk tolerance and they're not so worried for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there's just going to be that, but for, but for most people, and this goes for people who 
don't care that there aren't events and parties to go to so much right now. And people who really miss that, they're, you know, if people are still trying to meet new people, even if they're not meeting new people, but just still trying to see current people that they already know, there are, it's, everything is kind of slowed down. And the there are, you know, these sort of longer, you know, more conversations and longer conversations about what can happen, what people are willing to do, what people want to do. And I think, you know, that's a, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's, I, I'm working with some people in couples therapy. People come to me for couples therapy, uh, sometimes for opening up their relationship, for example, or because maybe they're opening up their relationship because one person is kinky and one person isn't. And so they want everybody to get their needs met or they're opening up for other reasons. Um, I also see people who aren't open, but are kinky. You know, I see all sorts of different people, but you know, what I'm telling people now is that we can look at the current situation as sort of, it's a terrible situation. Like I'm not trying to pretend like it's a good situation at all. It's terrible. And I, I wish it wasn't happening and I, hopefully it'll get resolved, you know, at some fucking point. But anyway, uh, but like, you know, the, what I try to say, you know, what I say to people is like, we can slow things down and that can be really good for creating new relationships. Like that having to go so slowly and really having to talk things out and really get to know somebody before you ever see them in person. Or if you see them in person, you do, you know, you can do it in a, a way that's safer in a harm reduction kind of way where it's maybe daytime and outside and maybe you're distanced and or wearing masks or whatever. But, you know, there's this, this slower progression, which I think I really believe is going to lead to a higher quality relationship. Now, not if you're in it for an anonymous hookup, that's not going to do it for you. And that, and this is not a value judgment in any direction, just to say that that's a type of an interaction that this doesn't really work with. But for every other interaction, I think it will enhance the quality to have to slow down the quality of the relationship and the, and the, and the kink and the play and like what you do and just, you know, make things better overall. I think that people in general don't talk enough about this stuff. So, well, also, you know, in, and I think, and it could, I could be wrong here, but kinky people, a, a lot of the kinky people I know are used to talking about talking about things beforehand anyway. What are your limits? What are your, you know, what's safe word or, you know, all, what, all these different things that they do pre-play and just adding, you know, <laughs> adding when you get last got your, you know, your your COVID test to the list, you know? Um, uh, so, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a feeling people in the kinky community are maybe a little better off or just to say more, more prepared for having these types of discussions, uh, when meeting new people now, um, I saw, I, I mean, I think the state of New York was at the state of New York, but I know there's a couple other countries as well that they, 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 the health departments, uh, specifically cited glory halls as a alternative. Did right. you see this? Well, um, yeah, yeah, that was, I think that was New York state. I don't know if they took it back, but 
which was just, you know, I just imagine like, visit your local glory hole for, you know, uh, <laughs> but, but I know someone who, who our, our friend Veronica said that she was like, oh, that's interesting. I should go check that out over, you know, there's one just down the street, my neighborhood oh, really? glory hole. Um, uh, but, but yeah, no. So, I mean, look, it's, it's nice that they're saying it rather than, you know, it, uh, acting it like it's not there. Um, have you, I, again, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but uh, have you found a, a lot of uh, skills uh, transition or, or, or can be copied over from your old job to the new job? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say in terms of people who in the communities, like talking about things, um, which also I have found. Yeah, I would say yes to both the question that you asked and the question you didn't ask uh, is that I think that there are skills that transfer over. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking about people who were already non-monogamous or already kinky and were used to talking about, um, you know, S, you know, STI tests or what other partners are doing um, or whatever the negotiations are. Those people that that have been clients of mine, and you know, they have. It's been much the transit. You know, the talking about COVID practices has been much easier uh, for people who aren't used to having those conversations. It's kind of like I'm really talking to them about the same kind of conversations I would like people new to poly or new to kink. It's like we're all new to COVID, but like people who don't have the other skills in place it's kind of a, it's a very similar kind of psychoeducation. It's like, how do you communicate with people? <clears throat> but anyway, that wasn't what you're asking. But at the, yeah, very end of this, at the very end of this conversation, I'm going to ask you to answer all the other questions I didn't a- ask as well. Oh yeah, I got, yeah, I'm just keeping a just, running list. So that's just, fine. <laughs> just, just yes, no, no, yes, maybe only right. on Tuesdays, you know, right. um, but as far as your, as far as what's transitioned from what what is good skills you already had that transitioned over, yeah, from one job to the next. Honestly, well, a lot of it is insight into the sort of, uh, I like I didn't need training to know that being non-monogamous, being kinky, uh, you know, having different kind of sexualities is healthy and good. Like I didn't need training for that, but people who don't have life experience in that sometimes do need training for that, unfortunately. Uh, so that was just, you know, very easy and very nice to be able to put into practice. Like, you know, that's, that's really easy to tell people like, Hey, there's nothing wrong with these things that you want to do, or, you know, that's fine. It's just like, let's talk about how you're doing it so that it can be successful and feel good. But you know, so that was, that was a very useful, you know, experiential, uh, bunch of information that I was able to incorporate. But other than that, honestly, it's a lot of, you know, people, I don't think realize how much entrepreneurialism, <laughs> how, how, how much sex workers are entrepreneurs and like how, business minded and marketing minded and all of these things that you learn being a sex worker, you know, so a lot of it was just the back end sort of like a, how to be a business person and how to ha- be a, a freelance, a self-employed person, right. uh, you know, because 
I had been doing that for so long, for decades. And that part was very easy. And I talked to a lot of new therapists and I'm supervising new therapists now. And a lot of it, a lot of the branding and like how to talk to people, how to schedule things and how to, you know, just interact with people in the public and talk about uncomfortable things. Like I've been talking about uncomfortable things for so long and <laughs> also like, you know, working out branding and figuring out what I want to present to the world and how to do that um, with technology and just all that stuff. So it's a lot of it is that. And I really appreciated knowing that that made that part of it so easy. It was very easy to kind of transition that information. So, but I, so it's a combination of that and just already having this understanding from the inside of the community to, to know that like, listen, this is, this is all fine. You know, let's get to the, what the real problem is. The real problem is that is not that you're interested in these things or this is how you want to live your life. The real problem is that other, that so much of the world doesn't agree with that, but you and I can agree that this is good and fine. And so then how do you deal with that other, all the other bullshit? When you were, I remember asking you this about work at one point, at least I think I did. Maybe I didn't do it on a podcast, but there's something I always find fascinating too, is that, you know, a, a lot of the people I know who are, are or were pro doms, um, th you know, th there were some types of play that they got a lot of it in their professional lives. So they just didn't do it. You know, let's just say spanking or something. Right. So they, they did a lot of it in their professional lives. And so they weren't as interested in doing as much in, your um in in personal life right even though the, the person's different the act whatever they maybe get hey i got burned out on spanking or flogging or whatever um do you find that um you have a, you have a and i don't want to say shorter fuse but um do you find that talking to people all day about their issues means you are um you're, you're, you're more or less prone to give out free therapy to your friends who ask, I guess is the phrase I was going to, no. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that's true for you because I know you care about your friends, but you know what I'm saying? Well, is that, do, you, is that... do you have a, something that you want to ask? Go ahead. Ask <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying just like you don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example, like, no, it's totally different, but that doing therapy is different than talking to friends. Like, I mean, it is true that sometimes that the, if it's like, you know, if I've had a long day of work that I might not be able to actually then have a conversation at the end of the day with a friend, just because like, I can't listen anymore. And like, or I could just like, I, I could be in a conversation, but I can't give any good like input or like, I won't, you know, or I'm just exhausted and I just need to zone out. Right. So there's that. But, right. um, but the work, the, the conversations themselves are totally different. Like I'm not going to have the same kind of conversation that I, cause like, cause when I'm working, I'm working and I'm speaking and listening in a specific way. That's what I've been trained to do for that job. And that that's different when you're talking to a friend, like I would give advice to a friend and I don't give advice to people that are in therapy because that's not what therapy is for. That's therapy in my mind, you know, the way that I, approach it is so that I can help people figure out how to give advice to themselves, you know, so that I'm not giving advice. I know the opposite is true. Like sometimes you will, um, sometimes I will say something and then you will turn it back in your therapist voice in order to make me self-conscious. 
Like, <laughs> I'll say, you know, I could really go for a sandwich right now. And then you'll say, it's very telling. What makes you think you want a sandwich? Why do you think it is you want a sandwich right I now? I do not. And I I'll be like, that. I'll be like, oh my God, why do I want a sandwich right now? What What is Alex saying? Oh my God. Um, what is what is being hungry? What does hungry mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, why can't you be that's satisfied not true. With that? And also, I never do that. <laughs> no, no, that that's no, funny. Right. No, you... you I have I have a number of therapist friends who have done that sort of thing though. They, they, you well, know. You're very easy to fuck with, so that's fun. Like, that's <laughs> nice. That's a nice service that you provide to like you know, all of our friend group. That you're just like such a good, you know, such a such an easy, easy dupe. target. <laughs> I'm an easy. I'm an easy dupe. You're an easy um, target, but, but like no, it's fun to do stuff like that. But that's not. Yeah, that's just joking. Around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're just horsing around. There, you're not. You know. Um, so you you are. I, I imagine you're doing all of your therapy remotely now. Do you find that a, a, a huge a huge shift? At first, yeah, but just you know, at first, it, everything was so surreal. It's still very surreal, of course. Like, what what is going? I have no idea what's going on. It's shit is very surreal. But in the beginning, when this, you know, we were just like slammed with this in New York City, like we were, uh, it was just kind of, you know, it was just like, okay, this is what we have to do. And luckily, I'm very good at just being like, okay, this is what I have to do and figuring it out and doing it. And I really don't, I'm lucky and that I don't get stuck in, in not doing it. Like I just, my preference is just to kind of steamroll through it. And uh, so I leaned into that uncomfortable period uh it was very uncomfortable but uh you know got up and running with myself and all of the people that I work with online and I was already seeing some people a couple people online so I wasn't so I was familiar with how to do it it was not my preference because I believe and I still believe that therapy is better in person just like any relationship but you know what? Not for everyone. I don't want to say that across the board. Not every relationship is better in person. A lot of people have preferences for relationships that are very successful that are never in person. And I think that's great. Yeah. For me personally, and just statistically, the majority of relationships are better in person. And therapy is a relationship. It's a specific kind of relationship, but it is a relationship. And it's, you know, there's a lot of kind of nonverbal communication that you get in person, like the full body language and reacting to the environment that you don't get online. Having said that, though, now, you know, and so before I would see a couple people who were traveling, like say I had people who were traveling a lot, I would see them remotely, or I would see people in other countries once in a while just for some like consulting, counseling thing, because like, you, you know, you can't like technically do therapy when uh, it's not in the same state, but that was never quite, it was not my preference, but now that I've been doing it, it's just like, this is what we're doing. It works really well. Uh, I, like, I think that like many people we've expressed to each other, myself and my clients that we would prefer to meet in person. And we just would, because we're connected. We want to like, you know, we want to see people in person. We just know it's nicer and, uh, it's more private. It feels maybe more private. Sometimes, sometimes people don't have privacy in their homes to say everything they would like to say in therapy, uh, things like that. But 
for the most part, we've worked out those issues and figured out a way to make it work and it's working really well. So, you know, this is something that's, that feels, you know, air quotes normal now to do, to do therapy online. You, uh, not only just clients, but you have, you know, we both have a lot of friends who are sex workers in one way, shape or form. And this is COVID is absolutely impossible right now for, for people. And, uh, in your experience, what have you, what have you found to be, a, you know, obviously the, the financial toll is massive, but, um, what I can't, I can't even imagine trying to give advice to someone whose, you know, entire livelihood is on, you know, well, is demolished right now. Yeah. I can't give advice to, like, I, you know, it's like, again, I, I don't give advice to people. I try to support them however I can. Friends, friends of mine, I'll try to give advice to, or, you know, also support however I can, but for clients, like it's such a wide range of things going on. Um, because there are so many different kinds of sex workers of many different kinds, um, you know, kinds of privilege. And there are some that are suffering way more than others. And, you know, because of like socioeconomic status, because of their skin color, their gender, whatever it is, like, you know, there are a lot of people that are suffering way more than others. Um, you know, trans women of color being the ones that that tends to suffer more just because the, the fucked up nature of our society right. and, you know, and so less, oppor- you know, fewer opportunities, but there there's across the board. And I have, I have some friends that are, you know, that are sex workers that are doing stuff online. And I have clients that are sex workers. Some of them are not working because they can't because they're not well enough. And then others have been doing stuff online and then still others are actually, they are seeing, there are people seeing people in person and that's a very personal choice. It's like, if that was a friend of mine, uh, you know, I would say like, I'm really worried about you seeing people in person. Like how, how are you going to be safe? What are you going to do? Like, you know, let's really talk about this. Are you sure? Like, and if they need to, to make money, to live, to survive, then I would never tell them not to. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. With with a client, I don't even go that far. I'm just, you know, whatever I can do to support if a client needs to, whatever they need to do, I am not giving advice or judging in any direction. I'm just saying like, well, how can, you know, it's, it's a conversations with everyone really about harm reduction, risk tolerance. It's it's all about those conversations, regardless of who I'm talking to with friends, with clients, you know, loved ones, partners, that those are the conversations. And so, um, but I do like, I would insert my own opinion in with, you know, people that I'm, you know, my partners, my friends and loved ones rather than clients. I, I don't like, I do, I give information, but that's not based on opinion. That's based on just what's fact that's out there. Do you, uh, are you comfortable talking about your transitioning? Which, which transitioning? Well, all of the transitioning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know what you're referring to, but like I, there, you might be referring to some changes in my gender presentation. There you go. Okay. Uh, Because, Um, uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. 
Well, no, I mean, I, well, I was just going to say like, I didn't, I don't, and I'm not trying to fuck with you, even though it's so fun to do that. I do love to right. do that as we know. And as we know, many, many, many people, it's not just me, but a lot of people love to fuck with you, but, and that's, it's, it's really nice. It's nice to have you in the world so that so many people can fuck with you. That's a really nice thing that, that the world gets. But um, anyway, that aside, I, I don't mean to say that when I, when I pause on the word transition, because um, I, I have actually, but like transition to me implies sort of like a point A to point B. It's just, right. I'm such, I have such a, like a logical Virgo brain that it's hard for me not to think of words in that way sure. where like what I'm doing with myself feels just more of like expansion instead of like a directional point A to point B, like I'm here and then I'm going to go to this place and I have transitioned from this place to that place. For me, it feels more expansive. So I feel like, um, so a thing that like, you know, I transitioned my job for sure from, from sex worker to therapist, but what was, what was really cool also about that, just besides learning that I love being a therapist, which I knew I would like it, but I actually didn't know how much I would like. And I really, really love it. Like I love my job now and I feel so relieved and like grateful <laughs> that, you know, cause you know, I, I knew I could do it and I figured I would be good at it, but I didn't know how that I would really, really enjoy it. So that's, that's a, that's a huge perk. <laughs> but um, the other thing that was really awesome about it to learn about myself is that, I mean, I've always kind of played, I've always played with gender as long as I knew it was something that I could do. And I've always loved, you know, wearing suits and, uh, you know, I used to be very hyper feminine because that worked really well for the work I was doing. And I could just, you know, I was, it, it just worked well and I had fun also doing it. But in, in a way, it felt kind of like being in drag, you know, and when I stopped doing the job that I was doing before, you know, when I stopped doing sex work, my financial state, right, like my ability to pay bills and rent and stuff was no longer reliant as much, like, I don't want to say not at all, but as much on how I present myself to the world. Like, you know, when you're a sex worker, especially in the line of the kind of work I was doing, I was my brand, let's say I was, you know, I was like very much extremely feminine and like, you know, putting myself out there that way. And that's just what I looked like. And I really pushed that. That was fun. And I enjoyed doing that. But then when I didn't have to do that anymore for work, uh, and, and then when I wasn't working, I would still look you know the way I looked but I I really didn't push you know in a lot of ways I I would go out and I really love leather and latex and like I it's funny because now I'm more into leather than latex and I don't know what that I'm not that's you know we could talk we could try to figure that out <laughs> yeah, like, I, was just then I would have to pay well, you, you for think. therapy but you know, <laughs> which I don't want to do so but anyway <laughs> But yeah, it was interesting because I realized um, I've always been into like, you know, uh, working out and, but there's a thing, there's this thing that with like, you know, that I experienced with my body before was that I couldn't get as muscular as I wanted to. And even though I, you know, no matter how much weightlifting I would do, you know, who knows, maybe it was, 
it's probably a combination of things. Uh, and maybe I, you know, I didn't have time to really put whatever it is. But then after I went, once I became a therapist, I realized, and then also I had the, the great fortune of, of getting some good health insurance, which that was very lucky. Uh, and, and I'm not going to go into that. That was very difficult to figure out, but, uh, I managed to figure that out. Um, but you know, then I started taking testosterone. I realized like, what, what do I want to do now? Now that I don't have to, to limit myself to my presentation in this one kind of way, like I'm going to start taking testosterone. I'm going to be able to like do things with my presentation. I can defeminize myself, uh, you know, and not have to be so hyper feminine and I can be more non-binary and fluctuate and kind of, you know, I would, I was wearing suits for a long time before and like I can wear suits in a different way now and, you know, really kind of lean into this other direction where I can just play with my presentation of my gender in whatever way that feels good. And so in just leaning into that, I've been, I've been really enjoying doing that. I've been like, I've been on testosterone for now, like, you know, three years, I guess. And I've had top surgery, so I don't have breasts anymore. Like at some point in, like after I had been licensed as a therapist and then like I didn't have insur- good insurance right away. And so it took me a while to figure that out. But when I did, then it's then, and this is the thing, like it's, it's interesting to think about in my training now, I'm thinking I've been trained to think a lot about identity and like also about the constraints that people have based on privilege and having good health insurance is one privilege, you know, that I have now and I've had for the last few years that I didn't have before. I was without health insurance for a long time. I was on Medicaid before, you know, and that those things that you cannot get testosterone, like you can't, there are certain things you can't do. So then once it was an option for me, I almost immediately was like, oh, I'm going to, these are things I want to do. So, and then I, you know, and I had top surgery again, like this, it's been now, that was last year. So it's been about a year and a half since I had top surgery. And I feel I feel amazing. Like I feel like, you know, I'm going, I'm like really, you know, but I, but I don't, it's funny. Like I don't not want to call what I'm doing, like some kind of like gender transition. Cause clearly it's in the technical sense of, you know, in the, in the sense, the definition of the word, like I have transitioned my gender, but I see it as an ongoing process, like as a lifelong process. I actually mm-hmm. believe that's true for most people. I believe that's true for you. Like for, I think that's true for like you, like I say you, like, because you, I believe, I believe you should tell us maybe if you want to, you don't have, you should is not, that's not true. But like, if, you know, I, I think that you're a like cis guy, which means that you identify as a man and you're born like, you know, you know, there's not any kind of, is that true? Do you mind disclosing? I mean, I don't know if you should out me like that, um, but sure. Yes. And I apologize if I'm wrong and I'm just like now outing you and like asking you. And I've no, been I'm just upset because I'm, I'm upset because this is a prime place that I should be able to give you shit, but I can't think of anything to do to give you shit back. In. Uh, so it's oh, like, okay. oh man. But anyway, but yes, yes. But also like, so yes, thank you. So then. I was correct, which is great because I love being right, which that feels great also. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but also, but I think that, you know, someone who is, who's like, you know, 
not not trying to you know actively change anything about their gender, about what gender they were assigned or at birth or whatever. Um, I, it's still a lifelong transition in the way that we present ourselves to the world and the way that we experience our gender. That's still happening, regardless if you're doing something actively to kind of do something against totally. what is expected of you from the world, right? And so anyway, all that to say is like, yes, I've been going through this transition the last few years. Uh, that's felt great. And I'm super happy about it. Um, and I am using they, them pronouns now. I don't, I don't know if we've, I forget if we've talked about that or not, but, um, we've talked, but we've talked about it, you know, us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 But not like a, to, today necessarily, but, um, I still fluctuate. Like I still have some heel, like I have a couple pairs of heels in my closet. I, I really don't wear them very often, but I did go to my friend's birthday party uh, last year when we were allowed to go to birthday parties. I, I, I think it was last fall. And I was like, I have two dresses left and I really don't wear dresses anymore. But um, I have these two dresses that I didn't want to get rid of. And I was going to this birthday party. I'm like, oh, let me, this will be interesting. Let me see if I can even fit in this dress because my body has changed in like different ways. And it, I, it did fit. Um, I was able to put this dress on. And so I like, I did a, I did a very interesting thing with, you know, wearing a dress and then wearing these certain kind of boots that weren't heels that went with, you know, and like having some, I have facial hair sometimes now if I don't shave it off and like, but also wearing makeup. And so like, I'll, I'll do fluctuating things, but like oftentimes when I'm working, like a lot of time I still read as as feminine to a lot of people. And I don't know if it's because my hair, what, or like my facial, like, you know, a lot of things, especially when it's just, um, when it's just like you're on camera, it's like your, your face and like part of your, like, you can't see all the body language, like we were talking about before. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it is interesting how gender can be read in so many different ways, but anyway, I'm good with all of it. I think it's really fun. It's really, I feel great about it. It's interesting you you mentioned that that you know you 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 don't consider transition because for you and and I, I was thinking about this too it's because uh, uh, and I I don't I just it, it feels like you feel it's just there's more Alex does that make sense Well yeah that's what it feels like to me too and it's nice to hear you say that And so it doesn't it doesn't seem like um you know, it's, it's not like, uh, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this in. I have a friend who transitioned and they definitely, when they transitioned, they definitely wanted to feel like a different person. Right. Or mm-hmm. not, maybe that's not the right phrase. They, they, they wanted to present as a different person as, than before, if that makes sense. Um, uh, with you, it's, it feels like you're just being more of yourself, if that yeah. makes sense. Well, I also um, think that, I don't know. I wonder about the people. Yeah. I'm not phrasing it correctly. I got to say, I'm not, I'm not phrasing it correctly. It's, it's, um, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like Alex is something that's, that is, um, uh, you know, it's beyond, it's beyond gender. Alex is beyond gender. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, 
but anyway, it, it, but one thing, and we talked about this just a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago or something like that. Um, and, um, and I was asking you about, uh, the testosterone and how that, how that affected you. Um, cause, uh, I know I, I have friends who've taken it and then they've, uh, they've, they've described how, you know, they, they kind of understand the male gaze after they take that. Um, uh, and I've also yeah. read that, that uh, did, did you notice that as well? Or did you notice, did you notice any changes in, in attitude or, um, you know, how you perceive the world at all or uh, like, not, oh, wow. not because of not necessarily because of the way I have felt like I definitely have a higher libido. I think that, you know, higher libido is, is certainly associated with testosterone. I've, I've always had a, a relatively high libido, but I don't even actually know if that's true because a lot of women, cis women, like people, you know, female people, like they were socialized to believe that our libido should be lower. So I don't actually know if that's true. If like higher or lower libido, that's, it's so hard to, you know, put a finger on it, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, you, you, we don't have to run with that, but, um, but so, but I did, I definitely was, you know, jerking off more. I don't know if, I know that's not what you're asking me, but I'm just saying it anyway, just cause it's fun to say that. Uh, but also like, it was more for me that I felt like I, I could feel myself dropping out of the male gaze, which like the male gaze if like, that's a, that's a term that maybe not everybody's familiar with. Probably a lot of people are, but like not everybody is. And that's just like, you know, with women are, you know, exist in a, in a, in a place in the world where they, they live in the male gaze. And like, so they are objectified in ways or they have to protect themselves or react in certain ways, or there's assumptions put on them. And so it, it def, I definitely feel, feel like I'm not in that anymore because I have defeminized to the extent where I don't feel that now, which that is, that feels lovely. Like that feels so relaxing and, you know, that feels really nice. But, in, but I think your question was more like it, do I have more of a male gaze to where I recognize that now? I think that's what your question was. And to that, I would say like, I always, like I've been, queer like I used to identify as bi back in the 80s when bi was the word right but I've been queer for a very long time and I have always looked at you know women or like feminine bodies um I've I've like been like I don't want to say I've been creepy you've been creepy I yeah, only only when people are into that. Like I'd be creepy <laughs> if they want. Yeah, I'll be creepy if people want. <laughs> partners, you know, partners of mine. I and I certainly have had partners who are like enjoy that. But um, so yes. But yeah, uh, other. But in terms of what have I've experienced more? No, I haven't because you know it's 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 still me and I'm still being who I am and I actually it's more comfortable just to be who I am now. Um, so that's nice, but I'm not feeling more just because also, like, I don't, I'm not trying to pass as a man or a guy. Like that's not a goal of mine. Right. I do actually, I have sometimes like I will go out and depending on the context of what I'm wearing and 
the people I'm around, I have been um, misgendered as mask as like you know a man, and that's I find that enter- hugely entertaining. But it's not like a goal where it is for a lot of people who you know for people who are transitioning to be a man, then they, that is their goal. And so I think for someone who is pat you know male passing. Uh, that's a different experience than the one I have because I'm not actually trying to do that. So I think that's kind of a little bit more what you're talking about. Yeah. And just for the listener's sake, uh, I've known Alex for well over 10 years, maybe close to 15 years, maybe now. Yeah. I was and, something like that. And, and uh, ever since we started hanging out, I mean, several times a year uh, or sometimes several times a month, we'll be at a bar and Alex uh, will say, "Hey, look at the gams on the dame over there." Oh, that's every all the time. Check out the gams on the dame over there. I don't know. I just imagined you in a 1940s movie for a second there. Right. Um, uh, but no, I, I think it was uh, I more think like you... which one of us do you think will get her number? And it was like, ah, oh, it was a joke because it was always me. Oh, you always going to be you. Guaranteed. Anyway, <laughs> um, so so, uh, but it sounds it sounds like you you're kind of hit your stride. Not that you were yeah, not in your stride before. No, no, no. I I, I feel that way uh, a lot. Except that um, it's impossible to have a stride in a pandemic. Like it's it's just impossible. But but at least I I, I definitely feel like I'm. I'm where I want to be, you know, in terms of like what I'm doing in terms of my self-expression. But yeah, it's, it's been interesting too, because I was talking to someone else about, I don't remember who I was talking about this too, but about how to a journalist, I think a journalist friend about gender and how if during a pandemic and you're trying to express your gender in a certain way, especially one that's not unexpected or non-conforming, then how do you actually do that? Do you need to see people? Do you have to be, like, do you need to be mirrored? Like, do you need that gaze? Like, some gaze, not that, like, the gaze, like, the male gaze or whatever, but, like, societal, you know, do you need some kind of reflection of your gender? And I don't have an answer to that. I don't, I I tend to think no, not necessarily, but I think maybe some people do. But that's, it's just a fun, not really, I don't mean fun, but, like, an interesting thought experiment yeah that 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 is interesting i've never i've never thought about that but yeah i I imagine yeah that's that's interesting um you you uh how have you found dating to be under covid how how has that been obviously Um, difficult but well yeah it's it's again like we when we're talking before it's these kind of conversations that people who are used to negotiating parameters for dating have like it's similar conversations but just with a whole new with a new learning curve and new language and new new parameters uh i i'm a person who likes to meet new people i really enjoy meeting new people for dates but i'm not doing that now i just don't want to uh i know that there are people who are doing that and that's great um i just um I right now maybe I will in the future, but right now I don't have the bandwidth for that, and it's, so I miss. So I'm not doing something that I usually really really like. So I'm like kind of cutting out that part of my 
dating repertoire that historically has been something really a priority and really important to me. But luckily, I have partners that I've been seeing for a long time. But well, some some are you know anywhere less than a year to several years, and it's just a matter of coordinating that and. It's not easy, but, you know, it's always been a similar conversation. And so things have kind of slowed down. And uh, so that's for me. It's it's working out for me. It's like after, after the first few months where it was just I was not seeing anyone really. Um, do you except, think when yeah. all this is all this is over, do you think when all this is over, you're going to go crazy? Like you're going to go like you're going to go buck wild? Like, woo! Or are you going to be like more cautious? I don't think so. I, I've, I've, I've read about people who are, or even talked to people who are like, you know, they've they've taken this as a look. You only live once. This is clearly a you only live once situation, and so you've got to, you know, squeeze the oil out of the fish. I don't know, whatever. You've got to, You've got to, You've got to really. You've got to jump on this now things you might have been pen- pensive about before you've got to fucking just do it because you're gonna die yeah. soon right um well i mean i and- take omega-3 i take omega-3 supplements so i'm not i have no need to squeeze any fish oil out <laughs> I, could, I use bull by the horns and i couldn't think of another thing to do <laughs> with an animal i've so. never actually i don't know that i've heard that one before i i yeah i made I that think, up i think that there will certainly be people who Listen, like we don't actually know what it means for this thing to be over. Like we don't know what that right. means. It's not going to go back to like it was before. Um, maybe it'll be similar though. I don't know. Uh, I hope a lot of things change. There's a lot of things that need to change, but I hope that people aren't getting sick and I hope that we can like, you know, mingle amongst each other in a similar way. So but I think for myself, like I've, I've been a person like, so I've slowed down a lot, uh, you know, and that's felt hard, but also that that feels good. And I think that I'm going to, we'll see, like I, you know, I used to go out several times a week socially and multiple dates a week. Uh, and I'm not doing that now. In fact, uh, maybe, uh, if I have two dates a month, that's max, you know? and so that I might keep some of that because actually I'm learning a better, I'm really taking good care of myself. I'm really paying attention to self care and to slowing things down and trying to, you know, listen to my body and listen to what I need and get rest and not work on the weekends so much uh, where I would used to work every day. Cause I love working but now I'm realizing like, you know, I need, there needs to be more balance. So actually I'm going to personally, I'm going to try to just keep some of this cadence, this new cadence of taking things slowly and trying not to say yes to absolutely everything. And just to really be intentional and careful about the things that I do. Um, Also I'm aging, like I'm going to be 50 next week and maybe people that are younger than me still feel like, I have so much to do. I need to gather so much experience. Like I'm not feeling that like that so much. So that could be part of it too. I don't know. 
It's so difficult to imagine you turning 50 because as someone in, in their 20s, uh, I find it really, um, it's difficult to see my friends get older, you know, um, well, yeah. uh, while I stay the same it's age. It's hard for you to... It's hard for you to even think thoughts. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. No, but I know. I know about the. I, I know. Uh, You're pretty I, close I to you, my age, actually. I am. Yeah, older. I am very. I am very. I am very close. Um, just for the uh, record, I know what you mean about the about the pacing thing because um, yeah. you know I I am lucky to be able to work from home, obviously, and. Um, not having that commute, I found, I just filled it with more work and it was, and I was like, eh, that's not really, and, and, you know, I'm sure my boss is happy, you know, uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, I found that if I don't stop myself, I will work basically all night, you know, uh, from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed, I'll be basically working. And so, um, but I have found, I have found like, yeah, like making like, We've had we've had to make like date nights, you know, <laughs> to to not work or something like that, just because otherwise it's so easy to just get caught up because there's nothing there's nothing to do other than you know outside I should say there's nothing to do right, um, yeah, uh, you know uh, there's of course uh, there's plenty of Netflix to be uh, to be watched but you know there's only so much of that you can do. Well, I will <laughs> say like, I know something about your setup. And I have found that create part of what I've learned working from home, because I'm working from home, you know, and I will be for I, the indefinite future. I have now a separate room to work in at, to the room that I sleep in and do like non-work in. Right. And now I have found that to be really crucial and super helpful. In, and I'm so lucky, like, you know, a lot of people don't have this and I, um, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, everybody needs to do this because a lot of people just can't do it. You know, just, just all too many constraints logistically. But I found it to be a big help to be able to do that. And so that's been a big that's been helpful in the way that I've been able to not work constantly. Because like when I leave that room that I'm not I've tra I'm training myself to not think like what what more work can I do? You know? Yeah, it's like walking into an office building. It's you, you're you're yeah. You turn something on in your brain and you shut something else off. But, um, yeah. but yeah, no, it, it is, it is, it is tricky, but I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that's worked for you. But, um, I, I, for a second, I thought you were going to invite me to use one of your other many rooms. <laughs> no, I, many, I don't have that many, many, many rooms, many, many, many rooms. Um, are, are you, um, I, I have to say one thing I've missed a lot is, is, uh, hugging friends like I, I i never realized how much i i miss hugging my friends and in uh, and or just seeing them and just you know in person um um we, I, we have a mutual friend who moved to california recently and we met in the park and and um and we just couldn't hug and it was so difficult it was so difficult not to hug a friend goodbye and i think that's something i'll be yeah. Uh, w you know, if this happens, either everyone will be wearing hazmat suits, but just being able to feel a friend like that is really, really good. Not you, because it's always inappropriate whenever you hug a friend. Um, uh, it usually leaves bruising um, or, no. you know, or, or some sort of trauma. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, no I've noticed that's something I really miss. Like when, when, when you and Saad and I and a few and other friends 
we'll we'll jump on a Zoom call or something like that, I, and we say goodbye after a long conversation. I'm always like, it. You, I really miss. I'm always so used to saying goodbye and hugging a friend, and you know, it's just a you know a tiny thing, and I've noticed that. It is, um, and actually, that kept me from wanting to see friends in person throughout this you know, throughout the, the pandemic, uh, it, I was really, I didn't want to, I felt like it would be too painful to see someone that I want to hug and not be able to hug them and miss them so much and finally seeing them and not being able to hug. So I really put it off and I don't do it that often, but there with, with people that I feel like we're on the same page in terms of our practices and say, you know, pr harm reduction and stuff like that. I'll see them. Like I've made a decision to push myself to do that. And, um, I don't do it that often because I am just, you know, try, you know, just pacing myself and trying to take things really slowly. But the times I have done that, I realize, uh, it's, it's most painful for a few minutes in the beginning and the end. Like when I see someone, I want to hug them. And when I leave, I want to hug them. But then in the the middle part where we're just hanging out and chatting and we're distanced, let's say, that feels like pretty. That feels really good. And so, you know, I'm so for my own self, I'm just telling myself it's really hard. It's hard to not hug my friends. I really want to. Like I want to have that. There's a lot of things that happen psychologically and like with body chemistry and brain chemistry that changes when you touch someone that you care about. And that's real. Like that's a thing that we're missing out on. Yeah. But there are still the, these other huge benefits of like even seeing someone distance. And so like, I will sacrifice those moments. Like I won't be able to hug them and that's okay. I won't. And then it passes. And then I'm like, Oh, this, this part is good. You know, this, this part of it, which is longer, the middle part is longer. So yeah, it sucks, but it's, you know, it's, it really sucks. There's there's not any way to bright side it. Have you thought about like what uh, like what um, what specific thing you're really excited for? You know, let's say if, if for sake of argument, it, the whole thing. You know, Thanos snapped and and uh, killed COVID. Uh, what would like is there is there like a thing on your list of what you really want? Like what you've really been missing this whole time, besides hugging, of course. I don't know. It's mostly that. I want to say it's mostly that, like being in a room with multiple people that I care about and not having to worry about distance and like touching someone's arm or, you know, just like casual touch, really. That's it. I mean, I'm a person who loves going to events, loves going to restaurants, bars, uh, con you know, music. But honestly, that stuff is not as big of a deal as just just like being near your people that, you know, your friends and just being able to not worry about, you know, just like kissing someone on the cheek or like putting your arm on someone's shoulders. Like that's really, that'll be nice. I'll look forward to yeah. that. We, you know, cause punching that's you the thing is, in the, you know how I punching used to me? Punch like, especially like right after you had surgery, I would like punch you in your <laughs> stitches. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, well, the thing is, because we we have like a close group of friends, and we that we we usually see each other quite often, right? And so that is one thing that's really difficult for me is is not. I think that's also something very unique to New York. Unique New York. Unique New York is that 
the uh, is that a lot of people in New York are away from family, right? And so we have our sort of chosen family, right? We have our our family that is our good friends who are our our new family, and sometimes in many cases are closer than our our birth family, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like our for Saad and I, our close friends are our family, right? We do have the people who we are related to, but we you know there's a reason we're in New York, and so. Um, for us, you know, that was one, that's one of, the, one of the great things about this place is that meet some really good friends, really good people that you are super close to, who know more about you than your actual family does, and um, just being around them, even if you're talking about something totally inane, is a relief and is a comfort, and that's something that we've really missed quite a bit. I know, just being able to be in yeah. a room with some of our close friends, um, but you know, I guess that's. Uh, that's why God made Skype and Zoom, I guess. But you know, it's it's praise, a it's, it's pales in comparison. Praise, praise be, yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. No, I mean it's it's something, and I, you know, we're humans are resourceful, uh, you know, so we will always figure out some way to connect with each other because it's for the vast majority of humans, the connection with other humans is really important for health, like overall, like health and well-being, psychological, physical, you know. So we'll figure it out. And right now we're in this period. And so it's not going to be like this forever. Who knows what it's going to be like. But I think that we'll keep trying to figure it out, you know, do the best we can. You, uh, um, it's always a pleasure shooting the shit with you. We've been talking for over an mm-hmm. hour now. Is is there anything else that you'd is there anything else you you'd let you want to cover or I feel like we covered everything. I think we did a great job of just nailing every single thing. I don't know. I, got, I don't know. I, 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 I don't really have an agenda coming into this, so I don't I don't I can't think of anything. I've been I've been keeping track and you've gotten every one of my questions right. Huh. Nice. That's that's it's a new record. That's pretty that's pretty good. Um yeah. and uh I just I just saw that uh, on Saturday nights, we usually have a video chat, and our friend Veronica just wants to chat tonight, so that's going to be that'll be just fine. We we didn't mention. Do you, do you want to mention your 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 the name your your professional name as well? Do you want or do you just want to be oh. Alex on this? I'm not gonna I'm gonna edit this part point out by the way. Oh yeah, no, you don't have to even edit it uh, because I you can edit it if you want, but I am. You know, everything is kind of all mixed in at this point, which is great. You know, it's part of what I feel so relaxing and great about how I transition my job is like now, like everything is just like I go by Alex for the most part. And some of my current clients know that, but mostly they call me Dulcinea, which is my government name, my legal name. A Dulcinea Pitagora. That's that's like what's on my um, so you said my government name. Government name yeah. sounds sounds so. Yeah, the, well, this is the that, name the man the gave me. Well, that is, but that's it is, it is truth, like right. you know, and um, because legal, you know, that's a weird, you know, I don't know, because I, you know, I have like I get right. a mail to me at Alex, and, but I don't, yeah, I um, I also go by Kink Doctor sometimes, um, yeah. so I go by all of those things, and I I'm good with all of that, like I answer to so many things 
But what's what's amazing to me is how like your your love for events has transitioned over to your new career as well. Like you have the alt sex yeah. conference that you put on, um, yeah, yeah. which is like which I, I was like amazed that that oh yeah this really there was wasn't anything really like this in New York before before you did this really. When you were hugely um, helpful and and still are hugely helpful in that just with your you know technology and technology with my technology that I invented help. yes it's been. Invented really technology, so that's it's lucky. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah. it's been it's always yeah, it's, it's always good to talk to you. You got everyone. On, but you know, we did mention this briefly. Do you want to answer some of the questions I did not ask now? Oh, well, oh right, right. The the yes, no, maybe, um, probably not. Uh, definitely not. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely yes. Those. Okay, good. I think that covers it up. I'm, I apologize. I apologize for asking that question. I didn't answer. I didn't know I was going to be crossing a line, but I'm glad that uh, you know we can move on from that. <laughs> <laughs>